message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Good morning. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. Pastor Daryl and Connie are on vacation, and we're uh, excited that they're getting a chance to rest and get away and praying that they have a, uh, just a good time together. Um, something that came to mind as Amanda was saying those announcements, just that uh, I think it was last week, uh, maybe it was the week before, but I shared some things that God had put on my heart and that we stepped out in just responding to God's voice that we've been talking about in this series and uh, what the announcement about Theron um, having a time of worship and prayer on Thursday is something that God spoke to him and had been speaking to him for a while. And so he's stepping out in that. And um, it, I think all the information is in your bulletin, 830 to 930 in the morning on Thursday. If you're free, they'll be in the fellowship hall and they, he would love to join you. But it's just it's just that it's just a time of worship and prayer and it's just him being obedient to what God said so whatever that looks like we're um, just excited to see what God's going to do in that well if you have your Bible go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 4 the last couple of weeks uh, as you may know we've been looking at entering God's rest but first we started uh, with the importance of hearing God's Voice as a prerequisite, uh, we have to hear his voice before we can enter his rest. And then last week, we came to an understanding of God's completed work, which is how and why he is at rest. And with these two things as our foundation this week and next week, we're going to look at entering into that rest, entering into this rest of God and how we can live in it, how we can walk in it, and even how we can work in it. Uh, and that's what we'll talk about next week. As, as odd as that may sound, to work in rest. But the primary passages that we've been looking at have been in Hebrews chapters 3 and 4, and we're going to look at them again this morning, but we're going to be focusing on different aspects. If you've been um, watching the last couple of weeks, you've seen that we've looked at the same scriptures, and we're going to look at some of them again today, but each week a different portion was highlighted and underlined, and it's uh, God's Word is so full uh, and, and we can look at the same verse just from a different perspective and it speaks uh, maybe not something totally different because it's in the same context, but a whole different aspect of that word. And that's what we're going to see this morning. Before we get into chapter four, though, I want to remind us of the overall context of Hebrews, uh, the whole book of Hebrews. And it's that Hebrews was written to a group of Christians who were wavering in their faith in God and in his word. The whole book is written to encourage Christians to keep their confidence in God and in His Word. And it has accomplished that. The book of Hebrews has accomplished that purpose throughout the generations and continues to do so today as we read it again for encouragement. We're going to start with uh, chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to read through all the way through verse 13, but we're going to break it up into three sections. So we'll start with verses 1 through 4. If you don't have your Bible, it will be up on the screen. Verse 1 starts out saying, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. 
although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his work. If you missed last week, that's this scripture, verse 4, is one that we uh, kind of focused on, that God has rested from all of his work because it's finished, it's completed. And I would recommend that you uh, read, listen to that message if you missed it, just as a foundation to what we're talking about this morning. But I want us to remember that the purpose of Hebrews is to encourage Christians who are wavering in their faith and in God's word. In verse 2, we're being reminded just as the early Christians were, that the good news has come to us. The good news has come to us just like it did to the Israelites. And we're reminded that they heard the word of God, but they didn't believe it. They hardened their hearts. And the encouragement that it's speaking to us is that we have also heard the good news. And if we believe and don't waver, we can enter into God's rest. The writer actually says, we who have believed have entered that rest. Now let's take a look at verses 5 through 10. He says, and again in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day. And that appointed day is today. Saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested with him from all from his works as he did from his. So as God rested from all his works after working six days and resting on the seventh, he's inviting us that if we hear his voice, if we respond to his voice, voice in faith and step out into that, that he is inviting us to enter into that completed work that was completed from the foundation of the world. And we looked at multiple scriptures last week that explain that. And we're going to look at some more uh, that speak of that this morning. But God's work was completed and he's inviting us. And it says if we respond in faith to his voice we can enter into his rest just the same way uh, that he did and we can rest from all of our works just like he rested from all of his if we do that the promise is that we can enter god's rest if we do that we can rest from all of our works I have an example that we're going to look at uh, in just a moment that's going to pull all of these thoughts together. The hearing God's voice, the responding in faith and trusting him enough to rest in his completed work. But before we do that, we'll look at these last uh, four verses, 11 through 13. It says, let us therefore strive, labor to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. 
This passage may surprise some of you, especially if you haven't read through uh, these two chapters, the whole chapters as we've gone through this. Most of us have probably heard, and you may even know verse 12 by memory. But have you ever studied it in its full context? Did you know that it's right in the middle of talking about entering and living and walking in the rest of God? Verse 11 then tells us we need to strive, even labor, to enter that rest. And that doesn't necessarily make sense. How would you work at entering rest? If we were to take this verse out of its context, we might even think that it means we have to earn it. I said last week, you know, I always looked at Genesis kind of like God worked like we did. He worked a six-day week, took a day off, and then he went back to work. That's not what the Bible says. It says he completed everything that needed to be done from before the foundation of the world. And then he rested because his work was complete. And so the scripture is not saying that we have to earn it or do it because God's already told us his work's done. He's completed it and we can enter that rest with him. So what does it mean to labor or strive to enter his rest? We're about to bring these things together and you'll see that in just a moment and we'll explain how these verses 11 through 13 fit into this context that we've been looking at of hearing God's voice of responding in faith and participating with him in this rest we don't have time again to go over those messages from the last two weeks but again if you missed one of those it's it's very important to understand that as a foundation and know what we're going to enter if we enter into that rest. So I would encourage you again to, to listen to those. But first, again, just as a high, high level, we have to hear his voice. Second, we have to respond to what he's saying and step out in faith. And if we do that, we can receive the promise in verse 10 that we can rest from all of our work just like he did from his. And then we come to that confusing verse in 11. So let us strive and labor to enter God's rest. How does that fit together? How, what, is, what does it mean to strive and labor to enter the rest of God? And what this is saying, again, we have to remember the context. It's in the context of hearing and responding to the voice of God. We've seen over and over and over the last two weeks that God said, Today. Today, if you hear my voice, don't respond in unbelief. Don't harden your hearts like the Israelites did. Today, if you hear my voice, believe. Believe what I'm saying. Don't let your heart be hardened. Today, if you hear my voice, believe and respond in faith. All of these verses have been encouraging these early Christians to not doubt God, to have confidence in him, to have confidence in his word, to encourage them to listen to his voice today and to respond. In Matthew 22, Jesus called us all and called his disciples to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything that's within you. Love God. It's about a relationship with him. It's about hearing his voice. And so when it comes to striving or laboring to, to get into God's rest, it's saying with everything that is within you, seek the Father. Love him with everything you've got, with all abandon. Give him everything you've got. And so it's not striving or working to accomplish even what he said. 
It's striving and seeking after him with everything that you have. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about it being like the, a runner, you know, waiting to hear his voice. And they're just waiting for that gun to go off. And as soon as it does, everything within them is waiting to respond and launch off those blocks and run with everything they have within them. But before they do, they wait for the gun. And what God's saying here is strive with everything you have to know me and to hear me and that you're ready and waiting. And when you hear my voice, run. Do what I've said. Believe it in faith and do what I'm calling you to do. And that brings us to verse 12 for the word of God. In the context of this verse that we've all heard so many times, the word used here for word isn't the written word. It's not the word that's written in a book. It's talking about the spoken, living, breathing word. When we speak a living word, what I'm saying right now, that's the kind of word that it's talking about. And and we just read today, if you hear what God is speaking, his voice today, be ready to respond. That word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. His word today that he's speaking is piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the word that he's speaking today. And no creature is hidden from his sight today, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And he's saying today, if you hear my voice, Don't harden your hearts like the Israelites did. Have confidence in me. Have confidence in my word. Believe that I will do what I said I will do. This passage reminds us that God's word is powerful. His word does not return empty or void. Isaiah 55.11 says that his words do the work that he sends them to do. They complete the assignments he gives them. When God speaks, it's like he assigned them. He did. He assigns them to accomplish a purpose. And he says, not one of my words, not one of my assignments will come back void. Every word that I have spoken will be completed. And the question that I have for us this morning that we need to answer is, do we believe him? Do we believe his word? Do we really believe that his works are complete? Do we believe that he completed everything that needed to be done from the foundation of the world? Do we believe that every word that has come out of his mouth is going to come to pass? That everything that he speaks to us will be fulfilled? If we can answer yes to those questions, then we can enter into his rest. And be in the same rest and rest from all of our works, just like he rested from his. Two weeks ago, I said that it's possible to respond to what God is saying in faith and to do what he's told us to do, but not enter his rest. These, These two things, responding in faith and entering his rest, don't necessarily go together. Abraham, when God told him to go to a land that you don't know, he obeyed and he stepped out and he did what God commanded and he stepped out in faith. But he didn't necessarily have to be in rest. He, on, on his way, in his obedience, he could have been thinking, well, now what? 
Are we going to get killed? We know that he lied to to multiple people about his wife being his sister because he was afraid they they might kill him to take his wife. So he didn't have faith that God was going to protect him. And God orchestrated through that and worked to that and and took care of him, even though in his stupidity (laughs) of him not trusting God and resting in the fact that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. But he stepped out in faith. And I'm going to share a testimony in a minute that's, that's the same type of testimony in my story, in my family's story, where I was stepping out in faith and doing what God called me to do, but I never entered his rest. And one of the biggest reasons for this, that we, that we might step out in faith, but we don't enter his rest, is because of our own expectations. When God speaks something, when you hear his voice today, what he's speaking today, the first thing that we do, or the first thing that I do, maybe, maybe you've got this down, but the first thing that I do is I immediately start to set my expectation of how he's going to do what he said he was going to do. I want to figure it out. I want to know when it's going to happen. How long is this going to take, God? I heard your voice. Now I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't want uh, it to go through a process. I just want what you said to happen now. And so we put our expectations on things. And when our expectations aren't met, we doubt God. And we doubt what he said. But he didn't give us those expectations. He just gave us a word. And if we have faith, we'll believe and trust that he will accomplish what he said. And that's where the faith and the trust come together, where we don't just step out in faith, but we sit and rest as he rested from all his works because we trust he's going to do and accomplish what he said he's going to do. And this this example will kind of bring all these things together and it it that, that's what this chair's up here for. Um Some of my testimony I've shared with y'all, and it's kind of like the scriptures that we've been looking at, the same ones over and over, but different aspects. So some of you may have heard parts of my testimony, but this is going to be looking at it from a different aspect. So God spoke to me when I was 13 years old and called me to ministry. And I heard his voice loud and clear, and I knew that he was calling me to be a senior pastor. And prior to that, I won't get into the details of this, but on the reasons why, but prior to that, I didn't want to be in ministry. That was not the desire of my heart. I was a Christian. I followed God, but that was the last thing I wanted to do as a profession. But when he called me at 13 and put that on my heart, then that became my desire. And the only thing I wanted to do was what he had called me to do, the word that he had spoken and given. And so immediately, even from the age of 13, I started having expectations as what that was going to look like. How am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? Here's the logical way you get there. And so fast forward a few years, I'm 18, graduating high school. And what do you do if you're going to become a preacher? You go to a Bible school or a seminary. And so I prayed and found a a Bible school that I thought God was calling me to go to. I was applied. uh, I was accepted. I had my room. I had my roommate assigned. I mean, it was done. And we were about like three or four weeks away, you know, to to move. And I was going to go to school. Had my uh, syllabus classes. I mean, it was done. It wasn't just a, 
you know, this is where I think I'm going to go and, you know, that kind of thing. It, it was done. It was planned. It was set. And about three or four weeks beforehand, God speaks and he says, that's not where you're supposed to go to school. I want you to go to West Texas A&M. And I grew up in a town called Hereford. It's, this school is like 45 minutes away in Canyon, Texas. Um, and my first response was to laugh. I was just like, you know, you got to be kidding. I don't, I don't want, one, I don't want to stay that close to home. They don't have a Bible program for that matter. They didn't have a single course on biblical studies or anything. And, um, but I, I was like, okay, I'll pray. I'll seek you and see if this is really what you're saying. And he said, yeah, go to WT. And so in a matter of weeks, we cancel everything that was in lined up to go to this Bible school, enroll, get accepted, all that stuff to go to WT. And then I go off to college to, to WT. And I go to a church that's local there and I sign up for um, IT classes because I had no, there was, I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. Um, I get a job at a company called Hastings Entertainment, which is books, music, video in their corporate office and their IT department. And over the next 17 years, 15 of those years, I would be in IT. And throughout those years, over and over and over, I told God, what am I doing here? What's the deal? This isn't my expectation. This isn't what you... I, I mean, he's graceful enough to listen to our stupid complaints and our opinion. But I was like, this isn't what you called me to. This isn't the word you gave me. This isn't my expectation. This isn't how I get there. It doesn't make sense. But he never told me how I was going to get there. He just gave me a word when I was 13 and said, you're going to preach. You're going to follow me. You're going to be a pastor. This is my calling on your life. That's all he said. Everything else, every other expectation, every frustration I went through was all my own doing. Because I came up with plans and I played out how it was supposed to go. And every time I did, it didn't work out. It would always fall apart somewhere along the way. And over and over and over, I would tell God, you know, it should be time. I said, like, at first I thought, by the time I'm 25, I'll be in ministry. 25 came and went, and I wasn't in ministry. Then I was like, okay, well, by the time I'm 30, 30 came and went. By the time I'm 35, and I just kept moving my bar and moving my expectation. And over and over and over throughout that period, God would either speak to me or even gave prophetic words through all kinds of different people in different places. And the word was always the same. You're where you're supposed to be. And they would just say, God told me to tell you, you're where you're supposed to be. Sometimes it would be like we have our prayer teams up here that we invite you to come for ministry. Sometimes I would just be going up there. Never told them why. Never told them about my, I would just say, I need prayer. And they would just say, God said, you're where you're supposed to be. Sometimes I was just like out in the audience and somebody just walked, not even going up for prayer. And I'd be in one of those points where I was at the end of my rope and somebody would just walk up and say, God said to tell you, you're where you're supposed to be. And I would get so frustrated because I wasn't where I wanted to be. I wasn't where I expected to be. But God said, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And this is where all of this comes together because I did not get this. I was never in the rest of God. 
I was being faithful. I was being obedient. I could have quit. I wanted to quit so many times during those years because I was so miserable. But God never gave me the freedom to quit. And so I stayed. I stayed faithful to where God had put me, even though everything in me didn't want to be there. I said, I I believed and I heard the word and I said, okay, fine, God. If this is where you have me, I'll stay with the caveat that I'll be miserable. (laughs) And then I told Candy's and my girls are back there doing children's ministry, but I shared with the first service when they were here that um, she would have loved for me to have gotten this word back then. Because she had to put up with the frustration and the doubts and the fears and the just going back and saying, did I really hear and the attacks of the enemy and thinking back, I don't know how many times to when I canceled schools and switched schools and said, did I really hear God? Or was that a mistake? Would I have, would everything have gone like I thought it was supposed to if I'd have stuck with my initial plan? But over and over and over, God would reassure me. He said, no, you're where you're supposed to be. All the time inviting me into his rest and saying, just trust me. I spoke a word and I'll complete it. What I said I would do, I'm going to do. You're following me faithfully, but trust me faithfully. And he was inviting me to sit. And I could have sat in his plan and been at peace, and been at rest, and those 17 years would have been so much more enjoyable, not only for me, but for my wife and children and family and brother and anybody else who had to listen to me. Because I would say over and over and over, this isn't what God called me to. I'm supposed to be in ministry. This is, you know, and I just, that's what I wanted. That's where my heart was. And God said, yeah. It's coming and it's in the process and I'm doing it. Have a seat and rest. And over and over and over I said, no, thank you. I'll stand. Because it's time. I'm ready. I'm sick of this. I'm ready to go on. And God said, please, Chris, just have a seat and rest because you're going to be here a while. And all I had to do was trust and say, okay, God, I'll enter your rest with you. But I didn't. I said, no, thank you. I'll stand. And for 16 to 16 and a half of those 17 years, I stood. And when God called me from Hastings, the second tenure to go to AIG, at first I didn't even want to go because I said, God... It's another job in IT. What's the point of going and doing IT somewhere else when it's still not what I'm supposed to be doing? But he said, no, this is my plan. You're supposed to go here. And so I did, and I went, and God blessed us in countless ways, but I kind of went through the same cycle and got to that same place where I was like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I'm so frustrated. And about the last six months to a year, God finally got me to this place, and I gave up my expectations. And I said, I'm not going to have any more expectations, God. Not my expectations. I'm only going to have expectations in you. That you're going to do what you said you would do, however that plays out. And I also laid it and gave it all up and said, God, you know what? My expectations could be so far off that you could have me pastor while I'm in IT. 
If you have me here for the rest of my life, if that's your plan, so be it. I love you, not your promise. I love you, not your word. It's all about you. I'm going to seek after you with all of my strength, with all of my heart, with everything within me. I'm going to seek you and trust that you're going to do what you said you would do. And from that point on, that last little bitty section of that walk, I sat down and rested. And then God literally called on the phone, which throughout that whole period, all of my movements were a call. And the phone literally rang. And when it was time, all the things that I tried to do on my own all failed. When it was time, I would get a phone call. And it was, okay, move here. And God would take us there. And then I'd move here. So all the work, all the struggle, all the things I was trying to do, total futility. And God would say, and the whole time he was at work. Today during worship, God was at work. He was accomplishing things in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. He was transforming you and taking you one step closer to what he has for you. Every day of our lives, he is at work. He is doing something today. He's speaking something today. And we can trust that every assignment, every word that he's spoken is going to be completed exactly like he said it would. And he's saying, have a seat. Work where I've put you. Rest where I've put you. Trust that everything is going to work together and and accomplish what I said it would. Unless next week we'll get into the practicality of what that looks like because I'm not absolutely not saying that we don't do anything. That we just say, okay, well, it doesn't matter what we do or who we talk to or anything like that because God's just going to do it all. No, He's inviting us to do it with Him. But what Hebrews said is today He is speaking and He is inviting us to walk with him in that work. Jesus said over and over, everything I do, everything I say is what the Father is doing and what the Father is saying. And he invites us to walk in the Holy Spirit, not by the flesh, that we can do everything that the Father is doing and say everything that the Father is saying and trust it's going to be accomplished because he said it. It's not our plan. It's not our expectation. And God's got a sense of humor. So this, this chair, it's an office chair, but it's not just any chair. This chair came from Hastings Entertainment's conference room. I literally sat in this chair. And we have, I think, about 10 of them that we got after Hastings went out of business. We purchased their chairs. And the funny thing is it didn't really occur to me till afterward, until um, I think we got them back here. And I'm like... Having, we're having a meeting in them, and I was just like, I used to sit in that conference room in this chair, totally frustrated that God wasn't doing what he said he was going to do, and it didn't play out the way it was supposed to play out, and my expectations weren't being met, and he never spoke this to me, or if he did, I wasn't listening, but I just see him laughing and laughing and thinking, not only is it being done, Chris, but you're going to be sitting in the same chair. And it's going to be in your office. I'm going to accomplish it. And you just have to rest. But in that moment, in that chair, in that company, I said, no, thanks. I'll stand. But he's inviting us to enter his rest. Did you know he's in control of everything? Everything. Every country, every 
army, every war, every everything. He's not worried. He's not afraid. He knows that every word he's spoken is going to do exactly what he sent it to do. And he says, you can enter that rest with me if you hear my voice today, if you respond today, if you trust today, not only can you walk with me in faith, you can even do it in rest. We need to lay our expectations down, but hold on to our expectations of Him. We need to raise our expectations of Him. But we need to throw our expectations out the window. I promise not one expectation I had along that 26-year journey turned out like I expected. Not once. But you know how much time I wasted on coming up with those expectations? And how frustrated I was every time the expectations didn't happen? And God just said, just expect great things of me. Remember the word that I spoke and trust that I'm going to bring it to completion. Just because the circumstances and processes don't look like our expectations does not mean he isn't in the process of accomplishing his word. He absolutely is. His word is powerful. And he's going to bring everything to completion. When we walk in his completed work, meaning we respond to what he's saying, we can count on it. We can rest in it because he's faithful. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. I would suggest you write this one down. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. He says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. He says, before it ever happened, before anything ever happened, I spoke all of my words, all of my counsel, and I'm going to accomplish it. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. And he just says, will you trust me? Will you listen for my voice today? And then will you trust that I'm going to do it? And will you step out in faith? He declared the end from the beginning. He declared what would be done before anything was done. And he promised that he would complete it all. His word is so good. We can trust him and we can rest assured that he's going to accomplish it. So whatever you hear him say today, believe it. Believe it and believe that he'll accomplish it. Step out in faith if he's calling you to step out in faith. And when we do, we'll see him do what he said he would. I want to close with Psalm 37, 7. He says, this is David writing. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
I didn't do that. I didn't rest, and I sure wasn't patient. But he was still faithful. And he was saying, Chris, it could be so much easier. It could be so much better if you would just rest and wait patiently. Stop trying to make it happen. Just believe that I'm going to do what I said and walk with me in what I'm saying today. And what he was saying was, you're going to be in IT for 15 years. And if I would have just accepted that, it would have been so much easier. I would have been so much less frustrated. I could have rested and waited patiently for him. And he still would have done it. It wouldn't have changed anything other than I would have been a whole lot happier and a whole lot less frustrated because I would have believed and trusted that he's going to accomplish what he said he would. God's rest celebrates his finished work. The fact that he can rest because he knows. He believes in his word. When we enter his rest, we abandon our own efforts to complement what God has already perfected. His word is powerful. His word will not return empty or void. His words do the work that he sends them to do, and they'll complete the assignment that he's given them. And our responsibility is to hear his voice today, respond in faith, and then trust him enough to be able to rest and wait patiently while he brings it to completion. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. That it's living. That it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That it's alive today and you're speaking it today. And Father, I ask that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears to see what you're doing, Lord to hear what you're saying, and to respond in faith. Lord, ready to go when we hear the gun go off, ready to give it everything we have because we've heard you and we believe you're going to accomplish what you've said. Lord, open our ears to hear your voice and our eyes to see what you're doing that we can walk with you just like Jesus did. Lord, Jesus said us there and said earlier, he said, you're going to do greater things than I have. Or that we would hear and respond and walk with you in your completed work in full and complete trust that they'll do every assignment that you sent them to do. Father, and we'll give you all glory and all praise and all honor. And Father, I pray that we'll always love you first and seek after you with everything we have and that we'll never put your word or your promises in front of you. That we'll know our relationship with you and your relationship with that you have for us is really what it's all about. But in that, in that relationship, you're accomplishing the work, the completed work. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.